You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 74. I'm so glad you decided to listen to my podcast. It's about health, fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle topics. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are a long-time listener, thank you for your continued support. Remember to rate and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher as it improves our ranking in the podcast world. I am sure that you have a friend or two who could benefit from all this awesome health information. So be awesome and share this with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast with inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and healthy living topics. You will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a cool and outgoing marriage and family counselor with us today. His name is Ray Redelman. We'll be talking about helping people with the emotional side of life. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Ray. Ray, are you ready to make it happen? Yes. Eric, I am. Awesome. (laughs) Ray is a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. He also does extensive individual counseling. He has a master's in psychology and has been a counselor for 35 years. Ray, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you share with our audience a little bit more and how you got started? Sure. Yeah, I've uh, worked in uh, inpatient hospitalization settings. I've worked in outpatient clinics. Uh, I've worked in outpatient church-based counseling center. I've taught seminars, workshops throughout the community, um, in church settings as well. Um, And now for over 30 years, I've had a private practice, uh, doing a lot of individual work and a lot of marital work, doing some group work as well and some family work. Super excellent. Um, we're going to dive into all that a little bit more. However, before we do that, this is the fun question of the day. What's one cool or unique fact about yourself? I am an avid racquetball player that not only plays you know, just in the club for fun, but I also uh, play competitively in tournaments, play uh, local, state, regional, and even national level. Are you good enough to teach somebody, by the way? Oh, yeah. I do that routinely. I I love the sport, and I love to see others play and excel and enjoy it. So I've always uh, been mentoring and teaching people over the years. Excellent. Good. Not only are you a great counselor, but racquetball player as well. So you get both worlds there, fitness and uh, emotional stuff. It's very good. Speaking of emotional... um, Let's get into this a little bit more about how we can help people um, and help them with their emotional side of life. How would you describe that to people, Ray? Well, oftentimes people are taught at an early age to not feel what they're feeling, to feel certain things, uh, not to feel scared, not to feel angry, not to feel hurt. Uh, we hear all kinds of messages, oh, you're okay, oh, you shouldn't feel that. And yet our emotions are a very 
helpful teacher for us. They're very significant for us to honor them and respond to them so that we can really be healthy. I was going to say, Ray, do you find people um, have to learn this early on or as they grow older? Uh, most people will learn about it as they grow older when they're in a bunch of pain. They'll go to a counselor or a therapist and they start to relearn what is more helpful. And if they're, uh, you know, fortunate, they can be teaching their children at a young age or at earlier ages so then their children don't wind up having to learn it when they get older. Are there any specific, um, as a parent, anything specific that you um, would suggest they teach children? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. A couple of different thoughts are every stage a child goes through is developmental. It's going to happen one way or another. And what we want as a parent is to have them go through that stage without a whole lot of shame or difficulty. And we do that by teaching them. And the word discipline truly means training. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, to harm or to punish. Mm. So just like an athlete or a musician trains themselves uh, a parent can train their child by teaching them about why we would do something, why we wouldn't do something. And if that doesn't work, then you might utilize uh, consequences or rewards as incentives, you know, and allow them to choose. So you might say to a child, I'd like you to come up for dinner now, or I'd like you to come watch, come dinner instead of watching TV. And if they're not responsive to that, then you could say either you're going to come and watch TV now or the TV's going off for the rest of the night and you're going to lose that privilege. The parent follows through with the things that they put out there. A child will soon learn how to cooperate because the parent uh, is setting limits and means what they say and they're simply training them and teaching them without really having to hurt them or uh, punish them. Do you, do you think that uh, there are a lot of skills or parenting skills specifically that um, do not work? For sure. There's a lot of parents that use yelling and screaming and lecturing uh, to teach children to obey them. And that will get a child to comply It'll get them to do what you want in some instances or in many instances, depending on what kind of personality the child has and how strong-willed they are, how compliant they are. However, they won't respect you for that, and then they learn how to repeat that same kind of behavior. So it's far better to not be yelling. And a parent that is yelling usually feels very powerless. They're not sure how to motivate and get their child's attention to do what they want. That's where I think it, uh, it's really important to teach parents some skills and tools how to uh, get their child's attention and cooperation and give them the choice. That's really the preferable choice that the parent has laid out for them. Do you find that these parents who yell and maybe do the incorrect uh, actions, do they have... 
I guess, obviously some emotional issues? Well, it's all about learning. Um, you wind up having uh, symptoms uh, that cause emotional distress, and then eventually they can become psychosomatic, meaning they become physical distress if we're not doing things properly. And that's why at the very beginning of the interview, we were talking about the significance of honoring our emotions. It's like putting our hand over a hot stove. We honor that. We pull it away because it's hot. And the same thing with our emotions. If we're getting too hot with our emotions and yelling and screaming at our children, our spouses, ourselves, or anybody, we're really not honoring something that came before that. Usually it's fear. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes it's a desire to say no rather than yes. And if we learn how to honor that, we're learning a lot about how to honor our emotions in a healthy way, and then we don't have the issues or the distress or wind up going to the doctor for something that's physical and psychosomatic, and then a doctor that often will prescribe a medication, and before you know it, you got side effects for that. Before you know it, you're taking a second or third medication. It, it can really become a revolving door that is not necessary if people learn more about honoring one's emotional life and how to reconcile emotions in healthy, respectful ways. Hmm. Just real quick here, um, you know, there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast and um, they're, they're trying to get healthier. They are maybe trying to lose weight possibly or just trying to be a better person overall. And this emotional side of things with health and wellness, uh, working out, uh, you know, trying to get thinner if, if you people want to lose weight. Um, it can be very traumatic, I think, for a lot of people, at least for when I talk to people. Uh, they may cry about certain things. And, and, you know, what can you say about someone going through this health journey and what they can do to focus on so that they don't get into depression, for, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. And the first thing I'd want to do is applaud them and honor the fact that they want to do that. And so again, if their self-talk can be, I want to get healthy, this is a good thing, then their talk ought to be similar to what they'd say to their child or to their best friend that's doing that. You say, wow, that's honorable. I respect you for doing that. That's great. And then the second step is ensuring that they do it in such a way that they will continue to do it. These New Year's resolution people often will get a gift certificate or they say, I'm going to get in shape. And they get a trainer or somebody that works them like an athlete would be worked. And their body is not ready for that. And then they crash and burn and they don't continue and say, I'm too old for it. <laughs> so they need to go slow. They need to listen to their body. They need to move and a little bit of movement and maybe a little more movement and gradually a little more movement that their body will Again, listen. they can listen to their body and it'll teach them when they're ready to go to the next step. Another thing that's really helpful is having a buddy. You know, go to a class. Go where somebody else is. If, uh, you know, you're doing something that's a group or what have you, where you're meeting somebody, you're more likely to continue. So the best thing you could do is get to know somebody in the class. If you feel really overweight, find somebody else that's overweight in the class and strike up a conversation. If they don't respond, try somebody else. But as soon as you wind up with a buddy, you've got an accountability, and that's going to help you show up if they show up. 
Very good. Excellent. You know, um, you know, speaking of, uh, getting to the gym, for example, um, and getting motivated, that type of emotion is, is, um, is, is a, some people are just driven, right? And some people are just lazy and they say they are lazy, right? How would you kind of coach someone and help them or counsel them to help them get out of that state? Lazy uh, oftentimes means um, uh, despondent, despairing, uh, depressed, uh, struggling, uh, feeling like there's no hope. Why bother? It hasn't worked before. And it often, again, comes from other messages that they've gotten from other people earlier in their life and things not working out for well for them. So, again, it's a variable of start slowly. Uh, what's your goal? What do you really want for yourself? And find somebody that will mentor, counsel, uh, come alongside of you as a friend. Uh, the, the body is incredible as well as the mind. If we don't use our muscles, not only do they atrophy and they get weaker, uh, but the body has, uh, energy storage cells in each one of the, uh, uh, cells called mitochondria. And if you're using uh, your muscles, you can even just weight lift, let's say, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a week. doesn't have to be heavy, just light weights. You're going to increase the number of mitochondria and the density of those mitochondria in every one of the cells of your body. That tells the body to create more energy rather than creating more fat. So movement and a little bit of uh, weight resistance, weight training uh, is so helpful to creating more energy and then a person won't feel as lazy. If they're sitting around and not moving, the body creates more fat cells and the density of those and the number of those get bigger. And fat cells will not go away. They can be starved and so they can shrink, but they won't go away. So it's very important that we understand our true motivation and get the help we need to follow through with it. If we're not following through with it, then that means we need extra help. Go to somebody that can help you get your goals in line with what you really want. Don't settle for calling yourself lazy or retreating and giving up. Excellent There's too advice. much of life left to do that. Yeah, too much of life left to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know this this uh, conversation is so timely. Uh, we're doing it at the beginning of 2016. You know, what could you tell some of those people who have made New Year's resolutions and maybe they're thinking about dropping them or, or stopping or quitting? Well, how could you help them? Well, again, a resolution is generally not uh, the way to live a life. Uh, a lifestyle is the way to live. So if they're going to create a resolution and they stop them, that's rather common. And it's probably because they're not approaching it with all the tools that they need. It'd be like you or I saying, I'm going to build a house and only having a screwdriver and a saw. Mm. Well, after a little while, I'm going to give up. I don't know about you, but eventually <laughs> we're both going to give up. 
<laughs> yes. So they need yeah. to get the help that they need to ensure that their toolbox has the diversity of things they need to follow through with what they really want. And before you know it, slowly but surely, and it is slowly because it's, it's got to be a lifestyle, slowly but surely they can get more of what they really want in the way of results. Weight loss doesn't happen quickly. Uh, lifestyle change from one thing to something 180 degrees difference doesn't happen quickly either. Got to give it time. Yeah, you know, that is a, uh, one of the best analogies I've heard with regards to how to be successful is to have to have the right tools, um, foundation almost, to start before you do anything. Ultimately, um, those are the, the, the pieces that uh, will get to the outcome we want, right? So that's awesome, the house analogy. Yeah. Thank you. That's correct. Now, as far as, you know, some of my clients and, you know, my clients listen to this podcast and then just the audience in general, what kind of um, health tips or any type of um, tips for emotional health can you share with them so, you know, this rest of the year they can go and, and be as successful as possible? Do you have any tips that they could work on? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, first off, to listen to what they say to themselves. You know, what are they saying about their emotions? What, what are their beliefs? They might write down certain beliefs. What do they believe about crying? What do they believe about anger? What do they believe about um, joy? What do they believe about passion? What do they believe about fear? Write out all those things. And then try to identify where you heard them, where you learned them, how long they've been established. Uh, you know, did you hear them from mother or father since you can remember? Uh, and then what do you really want to believe about each emotion? And then can you have people around you that can coach you, teach you, mentor you, support you, help you have insight and understanding of how to change how you're thinking so you can respond differently to how you're feeling if you're not honoring all of, the, all of your feelings. And if you shut down one set of feelings, it's not like you can easily keep open the other set of feelings. Our, we're emotional beings, and if we set, shut down fear and sadness and anger or any, any one of them, we're going to more readily shut down joy and passion and other things too. Therefore, a lot of men will get stuck in pornography because that's about the only place that they allow themselves to feel that. And it's very important to learn how to feel the vast array of emotions to be able to be truly in a love relationship and know how to have give and take an exchange of emotion back and forth. Our tear ducts never go away. Crying and sobbing is um, a masculine thing, and it's a feminine thing. It's a human thing. Uh, another thing that's really important is uh, breath, sound, and movement. What I mean by that is I see people in my office every week that will be holding their breath uh, or breathe very shallow when they get close to emotions that they're uncomfortable with feeling because of messages they receive about it's not acceptable to feel or to own those feelings. But you can't release it if you're breathing shallow, and it puts the body in a whole different state than if you allow the release of feelings. So it's very important to learn how to breathe deeply. Exercise helps with that. Movement helps with that. So first thing is to breathe deeply and to make sure that exhale goes all the way down low and deep. And then sound 
you know, when you're happy, people go to sporting events and cathartically let out a lot of emotion. That's where it's acceptable. Well, we need to let out laughter and uh, joy, but we also need to let out sadness and sorrow and grief and learn how to handle anger and fear in ways that really resolve things rather than um, uh, taking them out somewhere else on somebody else when we're mad at somebody differently. Mm. And then movement um, is another way where the body wants to move just like an animal. You know, a dog, you walk home and your dog's there, your child's there. They're full of expression. They're moving. They're alive. We as human beings have that same capacity if we're emotionally healthy. We're going to be moving, we're going to be breathing, and we're going to be creating sound. So our hands, our body might move, and we want to allow that expression to be a part of whatever we're feeling, depending on how much we feel it. Very good tips. Um, you know, I was just thinking that a lot of the people who hold their emotions in, uh, I'm sure there's a, a definition or a term for these types of people, and then there's people who are loud and obnoxious types of people who, you know, they can care less what other people think. Um, what, what can you tell tell me about people who um, are, I guess, shy, reserved, and then those who are uh, loud and obnoxious? What can you tell me about those types of people? And, and why do they, uh, maybe because that's how they were brought up or something, or is it cultural? How come they're, they're, that there's differences like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and truly, cultural uh, is about how we're brought up and the people around us. So, yes, it's all about training, what we've heard, what we've learned, what we've taken in either subtly or directly. And the people that are more repressed, uh, the ones that are shy, often have a lot of shame. They've been told messages that are very negative and put down and criticized. And they need to learn how to have uh counseling that allows them to be freed up and be more self-accepting so they don't have to feel shame and then aren't going to be as inhibited or uh, introverted or shy. Uh, introversion is uh, a different variable to some degree in terms of how they might get energized, but shyness or fear and shame is something that they don't have to live with if they get proper counseling. On the other hand, somebody that can be obnoxious often has not been given enough limits in their life. Hmm. So they may have had too much freedom to reign and nobody setting limits and to be able to teach them to say, you know what, uh, you know, as a parent, uh, let's think about what this would be like for the other person. How would you like it if, and then you give them uh, analogies or, you know, you get them outside of their own frame of reference to learn about what it would be like for their brother or their sister or their friend if they treated them, were treated that way. So those people need to learn a little bit more about respect of others and not just respect about saying everything they want to say regardless mm -hmm. of how it sounds or feels or comes out in aggressive or um, unconscious ways that they're not considering people around them. Mm. Do, you, do you find that, um, I, I guess, uh, um, those who are loud and obnoxious, I kind of categorize them as party goers right <laughs> uh they're they're full of life and they have a lot of energy but then sometimes they have um a lack of um, um what's the word um consciousness of, of of how they're 
actions affect others, right? And, and so, um, you know, I find myself like observing people and and wonder what are they thinking sometimes. Yeah, so there's a distinction between an introvert and an extrovert. An extrovert that might be a real party person and is just having a good time and out there. Uh, they get energized by that kind of uh, standing up in front of people, being the uh, life of the party. And unfortunately, sometimes, and I say sometimes because there's introverts and extroverts that are pretty healthy and know how to manage and deal with their emotions and be respectful of others. But there are some at both ends of the, the continuum, those that are introverted and those that are extroverted, that are bound in one way or the other. The introvert feels bound by shame, the extrovert is bound by the need for approval from others to the point that they are seeking approval and actually living out roles. You know, I'm going to be the life of the party. I'm going to get up there and, you know, knock them dead. I'm going to be, and they forget about really being themselves and being respectful to other people at the same time. So uh, there really is a distinction between an extrovert, which can be a lot of variety of people, and somebody that can be obnoxious or uh, really not understand how to be respectful yeah. to people around them. Very good. Excellent. Um, we kind of went through a lot of um, scenarios or uh, topics within this topic of helping people with the emotional emotional side of health. Um, and we're already at like 25 minutes in, Ray. Can you believe it? Um, I just oh. have a... <laughs> it goes fast. I just have a few uh, questions left for you. And, um, you know, one of them is, well, maybe my audience uh, might be interested in um, contacting you, right? Uh, who would be great people uh, for you to connect with? I really like uh, to counsel people that like to grow, like to improve, want to learn. Uh, if people are coming in and saying, you know, my spouse is that it needs help, uh, that's really not as likely to work. But if they come in and say, you know what, I'm convicted by this or motivated by that, and I want this for myself, well, then you've got somebody that's internally motivated, and we have a lot that we could do together to work on things. So I've worked a lot with people that have grown up in alcoholic families. I've worked a lot with people that have had addictions. I've worked a lot with people that have been either neglected or abused in one fashion or another, but their motivation is there to change and to learn how to deal with their emotions different, uh, their way of talking to themselves different, as well as how to uh, relate to others different. Very good. Excellent. Um, and then do you have um, any last piece of advice and how do people get a hold of you as well? Uh, my phone number is probably the best way to get in touch with me. It's uh, a lot easier uh, just to give a call at 630-665-4141. Uh, it'll say the Wheaton Counseling Center as well as my name if they get to a voicemail. Um, yeah, I, I just think that counseling is a very helpful way to fill in the gaps of what we didn't learn from our parents. Our parents are... Uh, usually very good, intentionally caring and giving all that they have to give, but every one of us have blind spots and deficits based on being human. So we can learn from others 
as we all do, school, coaches, friends, uh, everywhere we go, we have the capacity to learn. And counseling is another great resource to be able to learn about relationships, oneself, and emotional health. Very good. Excellent, Ray. Um, I have to make a note of this as well uh, on this podcast. Uh, Ray and I uh, met actually at a yoga center in uh, Wheaton, and um, the class was called Restorative. And um, if I could say something about you, Ray, um, Ray had mentioned to me how he has been doing this class for some time, and I think, what, three times a week, Ray, right? Uh, at least, yeah, at least four three. to five times a week, actually. And um, would you be able to share with our audience uh, one or two reasons uh, you think restorative yoga is something that everyone should try? Certainly. Um, nowadays, the research on the brain is crucial. And what they're finding is the brain can get rewired and be more uh, flexible. There's a term called plasticity for uh, the brain to be more fluid and flexible and be able to do things healthy and better and get the current electrical current and blood flow. Uh, restorative yoga has a meditative or what they now call today a mindfulness approach to it. So there's that component. Uh, it allows for the body and mind to get quieted, for adrenaline to stop being excreted from the body and instead the brain waves to be very calm and for the central nervous system to get calm. In addition to that, there's blood flow going through the different uh, parts of the body. So tissues and muscles and ligaments, joints that need fluid, that need blood flow, uh, blood supply. It's not only just to the brain, but it's to every part of the body. So it can prevent injury. It can heal injury. It's good for us physically and mentally. And then there's also a spiritual component that people will talk about. Uh, the teachers are very gifted and talk a lot about a spiritual component in terms of how to be uh, loving and kind and gentle to oneself as well as to others. And that's just uh, really important, I think, a, uh, a holistic approach, mind, body, and spirit. Very good. So um, for all my audience, you know, you can find him at the Wheaton Counseling Center. You can find him at the racquetball courts and then also doing yoga. So Ray, an amazing guy, and uh, I really appreciate your time and wealth of knowledge that you shared with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.